This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez 5. He is going to be in. Touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie of the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now. Shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. It is spring game Saturday. If you are as fired up as we are, then uh, I think you're going to be in for a pretty good day. We're going to have fans in the stands. About half filled there in Memorial Stadium, Caleb. And uh, it's going to be a great day. It's it's red-white day. And there's going to be tailgating happening. There's going to be tailgating. fans there. There was yes. over 5,000 at Haymarket yesterday to watch the baseball team play seven really good innings of baseball. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you play nine innings. Um, but, yeah, this is one of those things. It's like there, there's milestones that you're kind of trying to hit coming out of the pandemic. It was just getting the season started as delayed as they were in the fall. It was getting all of the other sports going, getting a little bit of non-conference play in. Mm-hmm. Then it was just starting to get a few fans. Remember, baseball opened up with just 2,700. Now their capacity's up to 6,100. Yeah. And now it is the spring game where they opened it up to as as much as 40,000, which is incredible to, to think of just where things have gone. A year ago, it was a virtual spring game. Yeah. The video game version, yeah. That that was uh that was a fun one. I know we we reshared that story from a year ago. Tommy Frazier had a really good game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, as he would. Uh but yeah, that's t- today is one of those that you just feel like you've hit a milestone. Yeah. That you get to go watch guys play in person with fans there in person and the Haymarket is man, I tried driving downtown last night. That was stupid. Um, here, here's your time saver traffic already. Don't go downtown. Park and walk yourself downtown. Right. Well, that's usually good advice for for any time there's a game day. Uh, we're excited about the show. We've got a little bit more of that baseball talk. We'll run down the loss from last night and tell you what's coming up for the weekend. Uh, and we will run down those rosters for the spring game that you're going to see today. You'll be watching on BTN, listening to the radio. If you're going to be in the stadium. Uh, you'll you maybe have already studied them. Uh, we'll go over some guys to watch as well, certainly. But uh, real excited for these uh, for this first half of the show, Caleb. Uh, we've got a we've got a big guest, bigger even than you. I'm no longer the biggest person in the room. That's right. And and there's a little bit of backstory here. I, I take my f- seven year old to first grade flag football, and uh, who is one of our officials for the game? But Yoshi Jamarcus Hardrick, former left tackle for the Huskers. Uh, CFL Grey Cup champion for Winnipeg uh, here in studio with us uh, on the K-Lion Husker Hour. Yoshi, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, I've been refereeing with the YMCA for the last 10 years. It's funny, every time I come back in the offseason, uh, I'm a football player in Canada. I'm just a guy who works for the YMCA in Lincoln. <laughs> and, um, I love it, man. The Husker fans still know a little bit about me, but just being back in Lincoln has been nice. My season council last year got a full 12 months here in Lincoln, and uh See why I've never left. Absolutely. Well, and and we're excited to see you back in in the in action. Hopefully this season. Um, let's let's start off. When is the last time you got back for a game? And and when's your uh, as far as your family have they been able to get to a Husker game before? Um, my last game I got to me and my son. We got to the Penn State game last year. We got to talk to some coaches. And I explained that my season was canceled. And I really wanted to take my son to a game. So we went to the Penn State game. He's all hooked. Uh, last time me and my family went to a game, basically the spring games, all the spring right. games we go mm-hmm. to, but we haven't got to a live game. Uh, my son's all into baseball. We go to a baseball game or a soccer game or softball. We're all in. So while we're here, we do do a lot of that. And we're behind the bo- uh, baseball team right now. It's exciting. exciting uh, not happy we lost last night, but, hey, we're playing some good ball. We're gritty right now. I like to say I'm gritty over pretty, so I'm all in, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. And both baseball and softball are home this weekend. You, yeah. you guys hit the perfect weekend to try to just go hit a bunch of Husker events. It is. Right after right after the Husker game, you can go right over to a baseball or a softball game. <laughs> right. So it's a great weekend to be a Husker fan. Yeah, and, and not only that, but you got NFL Draft Weekend this weekend. We're hoping to, to hear a few Huskers called today. Uh, rounds four through seven will be happening. Uh, you you had uh, the chance to kind of go through the, the draft day process or the draft weekend process. Um, tell us a little about your experience with the NFL and then kind of your transition into the CFL and your career there in Winnipeg. 
far as the draft go in the NFL, man, I was so excited. I got to train with some high-level guys. I signed with Jared Crick and Alfonso Denari. Went out to California with Athletes First. They have a lot of guys right now who, if you're watching the draft, guys have the Athlete First on, mm-hmm. and they're going out and getting drafted. So I was so excited. I thought I was going to get drafted. Got a lot of feedback that I was going to be a late-rounder, if anything. Late round came. Um, have a lot of friends over. I just see a lot of old linemen going off, and I, my phone has a ring. My phone finally rings in the sixth round. The Panthers say, if you be here, we, the next pick, we're going to pick you. Panthers called and told me that. Panthers' next pick came up, and it was another old lineman. Oh. So um, still waiting. The seventh round comes around, see Marcel Jones. He's my teammate. Yeah. I'm so happy. I'm like, Marcel just went. I got to be close. We were right there neck and neck. And uh didn't happen. I stormed out of the house. I was I was hurt. I had a lot of people over. I was hurt. And I got in the car, and I got a call from my agent. He said, 12 teams want to bring you in as a free agent. Yeah. And that felt like I got drafted. That was one of the best calls of my life. I wish I would have did more research on – I was just happy to hear the 12 teams. And I heard Buccaneers, and I remember Levante David got drafted by the Buccaneers. And I was like, I don't care who else wants me. I'm going to play with Levante. <laughs> But looking back at it, I should have realized that Tampa Bay drafted two to three old linemen. Right. <laughs> uh, I should have went to a team that didn't draft a lot of old linemen and drafted had some older guys on the team so I could have developed on practice squad. So I went down to Tampa and I, I tried my best. I made it to the final rosters. Ended up getting cut. I uh, finished my season off with the New Orleans Saints on the rookie uh, practice squad my rookie year. Mm-hmm. And... um been bouncing around ever since, and I finally stuck in the CFL. I've been in the CFL since 2014. I had a couple, four or five trials with the NFL. None really stuck. And found a home in Winnipeg, and I've been there the last five, six years, coming off of Great Cup championships. Yeah. My kids and family, we live there six months out of the year. So um, it's been great, man. We, we, I load up a U-Haul every six months, and I get on I-29, and I move the entire family every six months. So it's, it's, it's works for us, man. There's always a lot of talk around the draft, and it, it, for a lot of guys, it's well, he he didn't get drafted, or he didn't make a practice squad, or he didn't stick, and then it, it's looked at as as a failure. But there's a lot of places to play football, right? How difficult is it to make a team, make a practice squad? Because it's not just how good you are, like you said, the Buccaneers had a bunch of O linemen, so it just wasn't the perfect fit, right? How much does fit matter as much as talent? Fit matters a lot. Uh... Talent, talent is a big difference. Also, I, I thought I was a big, fast, physical. I thought I was a strong guy, and I got to the Buccaneers. I was the smallest guy. Uh, I was about <laughs> in the middle of the pack for speed. I was at the bottom of the pack in sprint, and I always went my entire yeah. life off just being raw talent. So it was way more about knowing the technical side of football. And when you're in college, unless you like had a coach who's just dwelling it in your head or you had a coach on the side, you're just having fun playing football. I was a small-town trailer park kid just happy to be in Lincoln, Nebraska. It looked like New York City to me. Uh, everything I played on the video game was Lincoln, Nebraska. Like when I grew up, I played college football and the experience you just get from playing the game. I experienced that here in Lincoln, Nebraska. So, But other than that, man, it's it's so hard. It, they bring 90 guys in, 53 make it. Um for an undrafted guy to beat out a guy who has money invested in him, you're going to get one play, he's going to get eight. You get you mess up that one play, he mess up at eight, he gets seven more tries. That's a big difference. So I got in, I was an undrafted guy. The first team, they get four to five reps. Second team, get two to three reps. That last guy, you're going to get one rep. So you only get one chance really to make it, and you, you don't know what you're doing yet. So it's just so hard. You were so behind the eight ball, and without being drafted, no money's invested in you. Basically, I was a body. That's ten years later. I look at it, I was a body, and uh, if it worked, it worked. But if it didn't, we didn't put any money in it. So, with, and, and Yoshi Hardrick uh, is uh, here in studio with us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, your your journey to Lincoln. You you grew up in Mississippi. You come to Fort Scott there in Kansas, and then you get to Lincoln. Tell us a little bit about your recruiting story from Fort Scott to, to get here to Nebraska. Fort Scott to here to Nebraska. I was committed to LSU for two years, and Brandon Kenny paid with me the year before at Fort Scott. And he, he called me all the time said, please just take a visit to Nebraska. I said, I'm from Mississippi. The far as I'm going to be or the longest I'm going to be in the Midwest, I'm in Kansas Junior College because I didn't qualify. He was just begging me, begging me, begging me. Then I talked to Levante, and Levante said, did you talk to BK? I said, yeah. He said, you going on a visit? I said, you going? And the rest is history. I got here on the visit. 
I've never seen anything like I got to the Cornhusker Hotel, I think, and everyone in yep. there knew my name. I was a small-time guy. Nobody <laughs> knew who I was. Nobody cared who I was. Got here on my visit. Everybody in the elevator knew who I was, knew my background story, knew everything. about. So that was cool. So then we get to the game, and I was, it was just mind-blowing. I came here for the Oklahoma game. It was a night game. Uh, both teams were ranked, and the tunnel walk from the crowd hype up, and I was – I knew I was coming to Nebraska after the tunnel walk. I was I was trying to fight it the entire visit. I was trying not to enjoy it. I was just loving everything, the Laszlo's, the brewery, the Misty's. I was just a country boy. I didn't even know how to eat steak at the time. I think I was still getting medium. <laughs> I think I was getting it well done. I didn't even know at the time. I was just a small-town kid, and now I'm a medium guy. Sometimes I want to move it a little bit, but uh, – yeah, man, just 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 experiencing that tunnel walk and the fans and the crowd. I just seen all the red, and after the tunnel walk, when the guys went down, and I looked at Levante and I told him, "We're going to Nebraska." Well, we both we both knew we were going right then and there. I think Levante was leaning towards South Florida. I was still committed to LSU. Just such a great visit, just such a great time. It was everything you wanted, and like a, as a football player, and it was different doing my area of football. If you brought up Nebraska, you got so much like. You went to Nebraska. Like, you go to Nebraska, and that's what it was. Like, even though I was committed to LSU, when I went home, people were like, you took a visit to Nebraska? Like, the red team? Like, it's <laughs> it's such a big deal. And now that I'm in Canada, you say Nebraska, people kind of, like, laugh it off a little bit. But, man, Nebraska was such a big deal back then to me, and it still is now. Like, the pride that the got the pride that we had just to get that off from Nebraska, because a lot of us, when Bo came and got us, we had small schools or no power five. So for us, Nebraska was everything. I don't know if it's like that now. I, I still go there and work out, and the guys are working hard. The guys are all in. I love it. I'm, I'm excited to see us turn it around and win some games. So you talk about that visit and, and seeing everything that's going on. Pretty much you walk in, eyes get big. There was the Go Big Project groundbreaking yesterday, and I don't know if you've seen all the renderings for what it's going to look like. How big of a deal is that going to be in a couple of years from a recruiting standpoint, but also just once the guys are here – how much will they be able to take advantage of that new football facility there north of the stadium? Oh, uh, that's that man. When you go on a recruiting visits, you're getting sold facilities, you're getting sold tradition, you're getting sold all that. And to see all the bells and whistles and see how you stack up against other teams, we're already pretty good. Now we're going to set ourselves up for. I always tell people, I don't know this, but I always tell people, Nebraska has no budget. If we want something, we're going to go get it. And so I'm excited for this. I, I know we're going to pull some recruits in there. Sometimes we come here on our visits snowing or it's cold and you're from the south you're from the SEC country, so you're not used to any of that. But those the the atmosphere, the facilities, the tradition, all that overrides the weather. So I'm excited to get the guys in. They see that I know if I was a recruit coming in and I'm seeing things like that, I I probably end my recruiting cycle there also. <laughs> so I'm excited, man. I hope we get some four and five star no matter stars, I hope we get some dogs in here. I hope we get some wins. I don't matter the face or the names or the numbers. Let's get some wins. Absolutely. I, I think everybody can be on board with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we're going to take a quick break here, and, and we've got more with Jamarcus Hardrick, Yoshi. Uh, he was a uh, starter with the team back in 2011, and he's a Grey Cup champion. Uh, we'll, we'll get a look at the ring. The ring. If you're watching on the, uh, the live stream, we'll get a look at the ring when we come back as well. Uh, maybe get a picture of that up on our Twitter and Facebook pages too. Uh, we got more to come with Yoshi here in studio on the KLI and Husker Hour. Stick with us. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. We're having a good time here on the KLIN Husker Hour with Yoshi Hardrick in studio. Husker starter at left tackle in 2011. Grey Cup champion in the CFL. Uh, and here uh, with the the family here in studio in Lincoln, ready to take in the spring game. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your Husker career. You come in in 2010, right after your your friend Brandon Kinney went to the the Big 12 championship in 09. You go again in 2010, and then you start in 2011, uh, come up short in the first Big Ten season for Nebraska. Tell us a little bit about your time in Lincoln here for those two seasons. My two time, my two de- uh, years in Lincoln, I was ranked in the top 20. Uh, for two years, uh, I saw a lot of guys get drafted, and I had the time of my life. I, I got to play in the Big 12 for one year and the Big 10 for one year. Yeah, both. I got the best of both worlds. I got to play against the Von Millers, the Clownies. I got to play against the Ohio State, the Wisconsin. I got to play against both, man, and I got to play with guys like Rex, Rohalu, Amir. 
I, the list goes on, man. I can, I haven't even started on the defense. Prince, Afonso Denar, Eric, Go- I mean Eric Hag, Gomes, Crick. Will Compton, Crick, yeah, uh, Levante Davis, Stanley Jean Baptiste got drafted. Also, yeah. um, Spencer Long, Marcel. Man, when you look back at it, man, I was here for two years and probably 30, 40 guys went to the NFL. I don't know if we were all drafted. Obviously, we wasn't, but we had so much talent, so much love. And I think I, I went back and watched all my games about two to three weeks ago. And we were ranked as low as number four or five. With the highest we were ranked, we were like 20. Yeah. It was a way better time than I thought. Just reliving those memories and it just brings back if I can do it again, man, I would work so much harder or I could I'd do the extra rep. But now that I'm going on 31 and you don't get those times back, I enjoyed it so much. Just being able to be a Husker and walk around in the hay market and being able to be proud after beating a ranked team and walk around downtown. It was, man, it's, it's so hard to like put it in words, man. I almost get emotional, man. I, it just meant so much to me to play for Nebraska. And I wish I could do it again. <laughs> There's so many guys that are back for the defense, coming back for that extra season this year, and you bring up a lot of those names. There's almost an air of ah, yeah. like just just hearing those names as you go through them. For you in practice, when it was ones versus ones, and you were going against some of those guys, what were those practices like? It was, sometimes it was harder in games going against Pierre Allen, Eric Martin, Baker Stein, Cooler, and um, like guys like that every day. You had to be on your A game. Because when we was in the Big 12, it was a lot of smaller guys. Devon Millers, Alden Smith was huge. I've I've never yeah. met a guy I played. I called him brick hands. Every time he hit me, I, I literally I don't know how my body did it. His hands were made of bricks. But just going against the talent at, at, at practice and the way Bo made us practice, everything was live and everything meant so much. And you win a loss, no participation trophy. I got the best out of every practice. I was ready for the gig. The, the, I, used to, I tell people this day, the games were easier in college. Because of how hard we practiced. Us back when college had no rules. We wore pads every day. We wore pads every day. We had a two to three hour practice. And we just had periods on periods of laying each other out. And, man, just just the competition at practice is everything. That's why so many guys were drafted. Listening to Yoshi Hardrick, Jamarcus Hardrick from uh, the early 2010s here on the K-Lion Husker Hour. Played for a Big 12 championship, played in the Big 10. Uh, and you were a starter on that 2011 team at left tackle, right? Yes, sir. What what clicked for you from your, your junior year to your senior year? What what Was it you got a handle on your technique, or was it mental? Did you just finally click with the, the guy sit playing next to you at guard? Did you click with the O-line coach? Like what, do you feel like there was a reason you got that job and, and you were able to keep it for that senior season? Everything. Um, coming from junior college, we ran power ISO and – we ran slants. Yeah. When I got to Nebraska, my first play was bop the trip right gun, 48 XZ something. I'm like, what do I do <laughs> at left tackle? I don't know what that means. So my first year coming here, I didn't have any – I didn't know anything about a playbook. And the first time I got a playbook, it was about thick as this computer screen. So I said Nebraska – I mean, a junior college, we didn't even have a playbook. Coach said we were on a power left or right, ISO left or right, and we're doing play action. Yeah. And when I got here, that was the hardest thing. And in junior college, I went off talent a lot. I was bigger and stronger than a lot of guys. I just ran into them. I did my thing. I got to Nebraska, and uh, as soon as I put my head down, I thought I was about to knock a guy over. The swim move was just so much technique that I didn't know. I was behind the ball on playbook technique. Yeah, I just wasn't I, I wasn't ready. Now that I look back on it, I wish I would have redshirted. When, the, when they brought up redshirt to me when I first got here, coming out of here, a, a big time recruit, for Scott, I was a four-star, one number one tackles in the nation. That the red shirt just didn't sit well with me. But now that I'm 31, and the things I did my senior year when I finally started, that could have been my junior year if I would have redshirted. But yeah. yeah, the hardest part of me was learning the playbook, learning how to trust another coach to tell me this technique can work. When my whole life I didn't just ram people, ram people, ram people. Now he's trying to tell me to sit back, and it's all mental. And now that I play pro football, it's all mental. Foot pro football is all mental. All of us are big, fast, strong. It's, can I outsmart him, or what is he thinking this play? And that's basically what, I didn't know any of that at the time. Talking about that red shirt, guys today get to take advantage of up to four games yes. to still make that decision. How big of a deal would that have been a decade ago? It would have been great because after my fourth game, because I thought I was going to end up taking that spot by the time the junior year was over, so I wasn't worried about not starting in or not redshirting. But after that third game, I wouldn't start. I'd be like, Coach, redshirt me. So if that was in the that was in the cards, then I would have to put my pride to the side. But, uh, man, those guys get the chance to play four games before you get redshirted. 
That's great for a coach, too. You get to fill out a roster where you want your depth at. You're probably not going to find a starter in there, in somewhere in there, but you can find depth. You can find out about a lot of people in four games. So, man, I, I wish I would have had a chance to do that and take advantage of it. With the game coming up today, there's going to be a few guys that we've seen be able to play in games uh, that you'll see in action today. But there's a lot of guys in a spring game that haven't had those game reps. They have their shot now to perform in front of a little bit smaller crowd, but still a pretty big crowd. Are, Are there certain things that you, as an offensive lineman, would say to watch for? If you're looking at O-line play today and saying, hey, this guy's coming, this guy's going to be good, what what are you looking for as an offensive line guy? I'm looking, uh, as an offensive line, I'm looking for guys who playing hard. I'm looking for guys who putting it together. They got, they're playing hard and they got the technique. I'm looking for guys who are trying to help the brother out, who playing for the brother beside him. And you really can't see that unless you're really watching the O-line. And now that I'm outside of football, I watch the ball too much. I, saw, I rarely <laughs> even look at the O-line. So I'm going to, I'm just going to be completely honest. My wife be like, did you see that pancake? I'm like, what? Baby, I play O-line. I'm going to watch something else. Like, <laughs> I'm always watching the O-line. But if I was to watch the O-line today, I want to see who's being nasty. I want to see who's helping the running back up after a long run. I want to see who's hitting the pile trying to get the extra yard. I want to see who's who's bringing that pipeline grit back. Like when I came here, I wanted to be like Dean Stein, or, or Dave Remington. Yeah. That's why I came here. I wanted to be one of those. Like when I came to my visit, that's all you see walking down that hall. It's all kind of trophies, Outland trophies, a Remington trophy. You just see that. And, yeah, I just want to see somebody who's who's chasing that. What can fans look for as the as the big takeaway? Like, you watch the game. Obviously, it's a, Coach Frost called it. It's more of a showcase than even a practice today. And for guys, you get you get to go actually hit someone like you, we talked about during the break. It's thud tackling. Maybe you might hit someone and it kind of drives through in that first half. Second half, fully live, but it's mostly going to be younger guys. What can fans take away from this? But then also, what do the players get out of this and experience just being in front of the fans, being able to do something more than just go knock each other around in privacy for a change? Oh, man, you can get a lot from this. Uh, As a fan, you want to see good and bad because that means one side is doing good and one side is doing so you want to see good and bad from both sides. You want to see some, uh, you want to see a competitive, competitive game. I know it's not a, it's a spring game. We're the same team. But you want to see guys getting out there. You want to see guys having fun. You want to see improvement for guys. Husker fans are so locked in, we basically know how a guy moves. <laughs> so if he moves different this spring than he moved last spring, you see improvements. So you want to see improvements. You want to see guys having fun. You want to see guys competing. You basically just want to see people having pride to have the red and the white on. And you can't have a bad day out there. There's no score, really. So you go out there and you see some pride going around. You see guys bringing the old black shirt mentality back. I'm going to the Haymarket have me a couple more beers. That's what I'm going to do. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Who is one guy that you're excited to see today with a little bit more run than we saw at the open practice or we had a shortened season last year? Who's the one guy that you're showing up to the spring game to watch? I don't want to get his name. The walk-on running back, number zero. Yant. Jacquez Yant. Jacquez Yant. I'm in love with it. I, I, don't, I didn't know who he was. Somebody told me it was walk-on. I was like, no way. When I was here at walk-ons, it looked like that. <laughs> when I saw that guy, I was like, I don't know what he runs in the 40 or bench press. He just looked good running the ball. I don't know how to explain it, like just being a football guy. Some guys just look natural running the ball. Some guys just look like we should give him the ball more. He just looked comfortable with the ball. He looked comfortable in the offense. He looked heavy. He looked stout and I'm excited to see what we can do with the Rock. Obviously, we have a lot of more guys at running back, and man, but I want to see what Zero can do. Yeah, and we're going to be interested to see how many of those running backs are able to play today. Because <laughs> right, yeah. that open practice, four of our scholarship running backs were out, so Yant certainly had his chance to to perform there. Um, this program right now, you talked about your experience in Lincoln, where you guys had, you know, you were ranked as high as fifth in the country in 2010. You were in the top 20 every time. This team's been struggling. Uh, you have three losing seasons in a row with Scott Frost at the helm, five out of six. Uh, they haven't made a bowl game yet in his time here. If you're a player on this squad, knowing that that's what you're up against, how do you get out of it? Like if, your mentality, what what would you what would you do if you were you know whether you're a new guy on the team or if you were a senior leader trying to bring it up? Um, what could you do? What could you say to guys? And and how would you be able to 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 help get this program going again? All right, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about my experience. When I got here, it was so many guys who had been red shirted, who was senior red shirts, junior red shirts. So it was so many guys that came before me that that it was proven that the process, we didn't talk about the process, it's just one of those things. Right. 
like that the process works like the Austin Cassidy's the Pierre Allen's uh we can name uh tons of guys from my year who didn't play until they was a red shirt senior so those guys showed me how to work those guys showed me that you might not play for four years, but if you keep working hard, it happened that fifth year. And when I came here, a lot of the walk-ons, man, they, they never played, but those guys worked so hard. They showed me how to work. They showed me what it meant to be a Husker. And most of those guys were seniors, juniors. I don't know if we have an older team like that where we, we can lean on guys like that. But now with Adrian Martinez, and I, I don't know, I think the old line is still a bit young. But when I was here, it was so many seniors and juniors that I can lean on for advice, that have got hard for them and they stuck it out. And next thing you know, they're drafted. Or next thing you know, they're being successful doing something and they didn't play for two years. They didn't play for three. I know some walk-ons who were here and worked so hard every day just to get in one game for senior night or just to play spring games. And mm-hmm. that's that showed me how to work. Like, I came here, I just wanted to be the guy. I wanted the hype. I wanted to just walk on guys. People didn't know who they were. They was in the weight room before me, weight room after me, at practice before me, at practice after me. And these are guys I'm going against. Walk on D linemen. They just every day they're giving it just to me hard as they can. I had no choice but to get better. But it had so much pride at the time. Yeah, I didn't understand it. But now ten years removed, the walk on program, walk on you, it was real. I don't I don't know if it's still there. Now I'm not gonna say it's not. But I would tell the guys to lean on those guys who've been through something, who's been there four or five years, who've been through the ups and downs. Guys, you can lean on. Be like, we're gonna be okay. We're just gonna stick together. We're gonna come out of this thing somewhere. We just all keep working hard. It's just, I don't I'm not, I I can't imagine being in that situation. And, and, oh man, I I be trying to make up things, man. We gotta we gotta get this thing going <laughs> some way. Like I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I cut off a finger, pull or something like. Let's go. I'm ready to die. I'm willing to die for this. That's basically what I'll be telling you. I'm willing to die to turn this thing around. If you if you are too, you come step in this room with me. Not really die, but I'm that's the that's the mindset I have with the team. I go in there and tell this team, I'm willing to die to get Nebraska back to where it belongs. If you are too, come step in this room with me. That's what I tell the team. Yeah. All right. Last thing before you go. I know you're gonna get to take the family over to the spring game today, but uh, let's see the ring. You brought the ring, right? I, you got <laughs> the camera a, right there. Get get it up there in front of the camera. There we go. Yeah, that is uh, that is a championship ring, gray cup from the CFL. Look at that. I might need to try that on and get a picture with that yeah, before you yeah, take it. That thing fit on your wrist. <laughs> I just about. Yeah, this is about as big as my watch. Look at that. My goodness. I like. I could get used to this. Yeah, yeah. yeah I could. Get I used need to another that. one of those, man. I wish I, I got a. Yeah. A Big 12 North ring, but awesome. guys don't care about that. It's kind of like a patro- participation trophy, but that's the big one there. I can't wait to see Levante's, man. I'm excited. Yeah, you're getting <laughs> a chance. That, that is giant. And yeah. you, you were talking with us before we uh, we went on the air. You're going to see Levante next week, right? We're going to see Levante next week. We're gonna, uh, he's graduating next week. We're going to do a jersey exchange. Just going to be great to see him, man. We was just both two 18-year-old guys living in Fort Scott, Kansas together. We came to Nebraska, we was roommates again, and we got a chance to play another six months in college. So basically, man, I got my entire college with him, played another six months with him, and it's just a bond that can't be broke, man. Yeah, that's awesome. And, hey, even though he's in the NFL and, and you're in the CFL, and, and you know most folks, I think, would rather be in the NFL, but, hey, you can always tell him, hey, I got my ring first. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, anytime he does something, it comes across the bottom of the ticker, so I think he just means a little bit more. But, yeah, we can, we, can, we can definitely compare and things like that, but – when the minimum in Canadian football is think sixty five k, and the minimum in the NFL is six hundred fifty k, something, something like, like that. that, yeah, it's a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm loving the game. Uh, I've been there four or five years. I've made it my way to being one of the highest paid old linemen, and I live eight hours away and I drive I twenty nine. It works. Awesome. Hey, well, we appreciate it. We are uh, uh, always excited to follow former Huskers and see where their careers take them. And we've, uh, uh, I think we were all pretty pumped for you when you won that Grey Cup title. And uh, we'll be watching. Hopefully you guys get a season here in 2021. Uh, thanks a lot for coming in and enjoy the spring game with your family today. Man, thank you guys. Hope we do it again soon. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, that is Yoshi Hardrick here in studio. We're going to take a break. Caleb and I will be back right after this. We'll break down the rosters a little bit, get you ready for spring game 2021. Coming back here in the KLAN Husker Hour. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. KLIN Husker Hour rolling along here on Spring Game Saturday. 
And if you did not watch the live stream, if you were just on the radio, uh, get yourself to our Facebook page at KLI on Huskers sometime uh, when we get this posted. Uh, it will be uh, a fun watch there, that, uh, getting to pass the ring around. Right. Show, showing, showing that off, me and Caleb uh, getting that from Yoshi for a minute. Uh, he's, he's more fired up for this game, I think, than I am. I, he, he is. I think a big part of that is you and I get to watch these games. Obviously, there was a little bit more of a limited media presence at games this last year, so we just sent me to to the press box. So I've been going to these games. Because Yoshi had, obviously this last year was different, he got to go to a couple more because their season got called off. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get to go to these so much. So the spring game is really the one he gets. The one he gets to be back in Memorial Stadium, watching a game, watching something going on. And the spring game also happens to be when you get a lot more of the former Huskers back. It, it's kind of it's more of a family event um, as opposed to let's go knock someone's head off here uh, for the next couple hours. The spring game is just that. And I, I'm glad we could have Yoshi in here, meet a couple of his kids because um, they're running around. Sorry to the little one who broke her arm yesterday. Yeah, man. But Fall off the monkey bars. It you bounce back up. She looked yeah, like she, she was. She, she was looked. Okay. Like she was in real good spirits. Yeah. I mean, when when your kids, you kind of just bounce back up. But yeah, that was um, a lot of great info going through Yoshi's time here in Lincoln, his time before, his time after, and then just talking about kind of where the program is, what he's looking for today. I agree with him. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Yant can do with the ball in his hands, where things are a little bit more live. Obviously, it's still structured, being the spring game and being that showcase kind of practice. But I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, I do like that he's just like us, though. He he watches the ball a lot. Guys, are, oh, you got to watch the guys in the trenches. Man, I'm watching the ball. That was hilarious. <laughs> I, no, I, I really appreciate that he says that because I always find myself trying to go into a game focusing on the trenches because, I mean, obviously, if you want to be successful in the Big Ten, you got to have that strong O-line and D-line. But, God, I always get sucked into watching the quarterback and then where is he going with the ball? And then it just devolves from there. Um, so let's dig in a little bit to what we're going to see today. It's going to be part tackle, part thud, which is just kind of running into the guy and keeping him upright. What what are we expecting to see in terms of the gameplay and and how physical these guys can get uh, in 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 the game here coming up at one o'clock? Now they they can always make adjustments. We're going off of what Coach Frost in the in the coaching staff told us on Wednesday, guys. That was seventy two hours. Things could have changed. They could be like, you know what? Fully live. But what what they told us was the first half is going to be that thud tackling, the second half fully live. First half is going to be a lot of the, the veterans, a lot of the ones going. Second half will be, you might still get some of those older guys out there, but it's going to be a lot of the younger guys. So if, if there's someone on the, on the team that you're thinking, oh, they're at a position where there's a lot of depth, they're going to get their run. These running backs are probably just going to play the the whole the whole game anyway because yeah they don't have the, very many of them yeah they don't have very many of them there's not really any upper class when you're trying to see what you have with a lot of that but you talk about the offensive line when we went and watched that open practice they were like twenty deep so you're going to have guys going all over the place yeah Jurgens might be a guy that you see maybe not go as much as some other guys but you're probably going to – you'll get a lot more um, – Sichterman has come on. He's one of those guys who stuck around the program as an older guy, but I'd like to see him out there a little bit more um, maybe than what you would think for an upperclassman. You want to see Turner Corcoran going a whole bunch throughout this throughout today to see how much improvement he's made because he made his first start this last year after Hymas started his draft prep. Now, what are we going to see? I, like, looking through these rosters – so first of all, the quarterback split is Adrian Martinez and Matt Masker for the red team, mm-hmm. Logan Smothers and Heinrich Harburg for the white team. So what what I'm getting out of that is you're going to get a lot of Masker in the second half. Yes, you know, and you're going to get a pretty even split throughout the game from uh, from Smothers and Harburg on the white team. Did you look at the offensive linemen for each team? Yeah, the, yeah, I looked the, a little bit at it. The the red team looks a little bit, a little uh, bit stacked, a little heavy. On the uh, the experience of guys and the guys you're expecting to maybe get a lot more run going forward, you look at the Austin Allen as a tight end <laughs> is on Al- that Allen and Vokalik. Uh, yeah, Allen and Vokalik yeah. um, are both on the red team. Along you, with Ben Hart, Corcoran, and Jurgens. You start to look at the uh, the defense. 
Deontay Williams, mm-hmm. Cam Taylor Britt. <laughs> JoJo Doman, if he plays. He didn't participate in that Luke, open practice. Luke Reimer. Yep. Like you're Klarvik's going, on there too. You're, you're, you're going through Ty Robinson up front, Casey Rogers. You're, you're looking at some of this going, I think this red team might definitely be favored. But because it is the spring game and you're going to be shuffling guys in and out, you want to get as many looks as you can with guys in front of a crowd. Right. Because even if a guy was a freshman last year, a, a Turner Corcoran, they didn't play in front of thirty and forty thousand. Like you, you didn't have you didn't get to go out in front of those types of guys. So I would expect if we're just looking at purely maybe which team is favored by who they have on their team, I'd say the red team. Yes. But I today is about more than kind of whether red wins or white wins. The fans haven't seen these guys in person, other than that open practice since the end of twenty nineteen. Obviously, we know there's a few that were able to get in last year. Today's not just a practice. It's not just a showcase. Today is a celebration of Husker fans. It's what it is. That's why there's going to be tailgates. You're going to have the Husker fans there. The team is performing for the Husker fans. Yeah, there's spots on the line. They want to perform well to, to move up where they are in the depth chart. But make no doubt about it, today is a celebration of Husker fans. And then you can go hang out in the Haymarket after the game. You can go to the baseball game or softball game after. Today is a celebration of Husker fans, the biggest celebration of Husker fans in about a year and a half. And it's going to be that until we get to this fall where it can be a full Memorial Stadium. I'm excited just to just to see everyone downtown and hear that stadium. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um let's let's look a little closer at some of the guys that are going to have their opportunity that that might not otherwise have it just because they're playing on the white team and so they're going to be able to get a lot of more reps or maybe because they're in a situation where there's injuries. Um, I'll, I'll give you a few names that I think could be uh, names to watch in terms of like spring game MVP, your, your mythical spring game MVP. Uh, one of them, I'm going to go out and say it first because I know you have him on your list too, is Heinrich Harburg. Mm-hmm. He's going to be one of the white team quarterbacks. Look, him and some others might have really good games, uh, but I... I, I Harburg, if he if he's taken some more steps since that open practice two weeks ago and has a little bit more grasp of the offense, a little bit more timing down with his receivers, um, he might look really good. Uh, Jacquez Yant, who uh, I know Yoshi's going to be keeping an eye on, <laughs> uh, he's going to have uh, plenty of run with that white roster. And look, we don't know. So the, the rosters include guys who are injured and out. Yes. Marquis Step is on this roster, and he we know he's out for the entire spring. Fedoni's, uh, Fedoni's on, on the roster. He's out for, for some of the season as well. As Brant spring. Banks is on both rosters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just see him play for every team. Uh, so, so you're not going to know. Here's a little bit under the radar, a guy that, that I think you might be able to see get some run. Uh, I like Baron Miles Jr., mm-hmm. number 19 on the white. Yeah, he looked good at he'll, that open He'll practice. get plenty of opportunities on that white side. Side, um, and maybe even in that second half going against uh, the third or fourth team defense on the red side. So uh, those are some names. Who are you going to be keeping so, an eye on? So because we're talking about the white team here, a couple of guys that I think have a chance to impress. Etevamaga Clements. Yeah. You think about that. He's he's on the white side, so he's, a, he's mostly going against kind of those red ones. And then as you're going through, Savion Morrison is is running back there for the white team. Hopefully he can go today. Yeah, we're we're hoping he Same can go. Same with Gabe Irvin on the red. We know Ramir Johnson is not going today. And here's one up front, and we've heard a lot about him and how he's getting a lot bigger. Nash Hutmacher. Yeah. I, Polar yeah. Bear. Polar Bear. Great nickname. On that defensive line. As we just talked about how red offensive linemen, it, it, it seems like it's a lot of ones or a lot of guys that are right in that mix to be ones going into the fall. Nash, as a defensive lineman, is going to be going against those guys head-to-head. What is he able to do against them? Because that's an opportunity. When you are one of the guys going against a perceived one or a perceived starter, that is an opportunity. It's not a, well, maybe I kind of wanted the two just so I could kind of show out a little bit. This is a chance for these guys to really make an impression. So Nash is someone right there. You've also got Xavier Betts on that white team. Mm-hmm. I think I think mm-hmm. that is a big one there. You've got him and Wyatt Lever, um, a number of other guys with that receiving core. I think that's going to be fun watching Smothers and Harburg throw to some of those younger names. Because cause you're going to look at those and go, man, how many years can we have that? How, how many times are we going to be able to hear this? Uh, 
it, if something happens, or in 2022, man, that's going to be so cool to hear. Yes, yes, for sure. And and look, we're also going to be paying attention to who, you know, a lot of fans are going to be very interested in who's starting for the red, because those are your presumed starters on the depth chart going into fall. Uh, and a couple of those spots on the offensive line might be of interest to some folks. I think Ethan Piper will probably get that left guard spot. Right guard, might it be Brant Banks? Might it be Matt Sichterman? Uh, those guys both seemed to be lining up with your Cam Jurgenses and Bryce Benharts and Turner Corcoran's uh, last or two weeks ago with that open practice. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. And then I think at the middle linebacker spots, I think you're going to see Will Honus and Chris Kalarovic, the the grad transfer from UNI. I think those are going to be your middle linebackers, presumably heading into the fall. Uh, and then the other corner spot opposite Cam Taylor Britt, Caleb, I think you'll probably see Quentin Newsom mm-hmm. get a lot of run there, maybe even start. Uh, you might see Braxton Clark, maybe Nadab Joseph uh, gets a chance to get in there. And then Javin Wright at that dime spot, if JoJo Doman doesn't play or doesn't play a lot, uh, Javin Wright is on the red roster. So he has a shot to play with that first-team defense. Uh, really interested to see who starts in some of those spots and who gets a lot of time before the ones go off the field. Well, and Nadab Joseph is actually on the white team. Oh, okay, he's on the yeah, white. He, he's a corner on the white team. So that's another one of those places I think that's an opportunity because you're going against the perceived, returning, whatever. Adrian Martinez is going to be the starter unless something drastic happens. But he's going to be covering Omar Manning, yes. Samari Toure. Yes, yeah. And I think that that is a big opportunity for a guy like like Nadab, who missed the fall, came in right before you got to the fall, and then everything got pushed back, and then he happened to be kind of like an Omar Manning. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Where is he? I think this is a big opportunity for Nadab. That, that's, that's really one of the things today. It's, it's opportunities. Go out and just beat your guy, and then you've got it in front of people. People are talking about it. It's on message boards. It circulates a little bit more. I know Husker fans like to feel like we've got a say in, in what the team is doing. But guess what? Luke McCaffrey started last year. Make yeah. no make no doubt about it. The, the the Husker fans do have a little bit of say in, in what happens at times. Yeah. If you can get in the ear and get enough circulation with it. So that's what you have today. Make some good plays. It's going to be on Big Ten Network. It's going to air here on 1400 KLIN. If you can get your name out there, get a little bit of pub going, that gives yourself traction and momentum going into the summer. One more before we get to our break here. I think this would be a feel-good story if he can have a big spring game and maybe get himself into that starting conversation, and that's Ronald Tompkins. Yes. Two knee surgeries, both knees have been uh, operated on. He would have been probably going to somewhere in the SEC had he not suffered that second injury in high school. Nebraska stuck with their offer. They got him in here, and he was one of those guys who was healthy enough to play a couple weeks ago in the open practice. Uh, Four other scholarship players did not. That would be his opportunity, not just to be able to see time, but to do it well and to take advantage of it uh, behind you know what looks like the first team O line playing with Adrian Martinez on that red team. Um, that would be certainly something to watch and, and somebody to root for. I think just in terms of his story uh, and some of the stuff that he's had to go through to try to get back on the field. Uh, all right, more a little more bit of uh, spring game talk. We'll we'll get you ready for that game again. One o'clock kickoff uh what time is pregame start here on 11 a.m coming up uh just about an hour after us a little bit a little bit of wait there uh we will come back and uh, touch a little bit on the baseball uh they got ranked early in the week after a big win on sunday against michigan state uh but suffered a friday night loss just their second of the season last night at the bullpen uh kind of let the the huskers down we'll run down that game uh and get you ready for the rest of the weekend when we come back here on the kli and husker hour Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Spring game Saturday, 1 o'clock kickoff. You can hear it right here on KLIN with pregame just about an hour away. That's Caleb Henry. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Kenny Larrabee here in studio as well, helping us out with the Facebook Live video at KLIN Huskers. And uh, we we have a little bit more football we want to touch on, but uh, let's talk baseball, Caleb, with uh, the Huskers going down last night. Uh, They had it. It was right there for the taking. Had a 3-2 lead going into the eighth inning. Uh, Bullpen just didn't have it, and the Huskers suffered just their second Friday loss of the season. Yeah, and this one... I mean, this one feels more disappointing than some of the other losses uh, that have gone on because they've been kind of 
oh, here's a shootout, then you just don't get over the hump with it at the end. Nebraska had this one set up for a win through seven innings. And you you think about the things that, that put you in that position. You had the, the inside-the-park home run, kind Little of the, the, the Little League-ish home run, yep. um, with Acker, his helmet flying off as he's kind of between second and third, uh, got the wheels on, doesn't even have to slide when he gets home. And, by the way, when that happened, um, there was a little chirping between the between the dugouts because obviously he's pumped up so he's letting everyone know about it. Mm-hmm. Rutgers bench starts chirping a little bit. Everyone gets warned. You you know the atmosphere is great at Hallmark or at uh, Haymarket Park because you had more than five thousand there. Yes, like this is a great environment. It was really warm yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it was a beautiful beautiful day. And then you get a home run from Hallmark. And you're like, all right, things are setting up well. This will this will be one of those kind of just low scoring games. Maybe it ends up a five two, a five three, and then with one swing of the bat, you get four spot for Rutgers in the eighth. And then there was just no response from Nebraska. It ends up being nine four for the Scarlet Knights. But you got yourself to a point where it was, yeah, this this is where the bullpen comes in. And things are fine, and, and Nebraska keeps on adding runs, and that just wasn't the case. Nebraska only got that that one more run in the ninth inning, but it was it was disappointing because you had just gotten to the point where it's all right. You've been in the rankings now. Now you're up to a projected top sixteen seed in from from D one baseball Re- regional one with a, a regional yeah. host site. Now you're still in that conversation. But you are going to face Rutgers four more times still between the rest of this weekend and next weekend. And next weekend, you're at their place. So you got to make sure you finish this week. You, you have to win this series. Yeah. You can't lose this series. Nebraska hasn't lost a series all season. So that's where this this one comes off as more disappointing, perhaps, than than any of the others over the last... It was a, what, a 14-2 and two stretch? Mm-hmm. So that 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 one comes off as more disappointing than those other what would be two losses. Yeah, because I mean you can do the fun with numbers thing, and you can look on the on the on the bad side, and they've lost two of three, right? Because you lose that Saturday game to Michigan State. Right. You won on Sunday in twelve, which you had to overcome a dude getting seventeen strikeouts on you <laughs> uh, in over nine innings pitched. By the way, uh, and and so I think that's the concerning thing maybe for me is that. Not only did you get shut down for over nine innings by that Michigan State bullpen uh, on Sunday, you just you just couldn't get anything. Your pitching and your defense kept you in it uh, and gave you a shot to win that Sunday game and keep winning the series. But then you did the same thing against Rutgers yesterday, where uh, their starter went six, but then they didn't get a single hit mm-hmm. off of the the bullpen for Rutgers in those last three innings. The offense is going to have to do more. Uh, the pitching has been there. The, the starting pitching has certainly been there. It's been good enough. And the bullpen, you know, other than a couple of blips, including yesterday, has been there as well. Right. Defense, you did have one error, but that didn't cost you late. Uh, those big innings late did, did not come with any of the errors. Uh, it, it, just the hitting, it's been timely at times, uh, and it's been big in other times where they've just put up big numbers. Uh, so if they can get that first hit, they can get a first guy on, they can kind of get things rolling. Uh, but you got to get at least one base runner on to be able to put pressure on that defense like they love to do. Uh, and if you're not able to do that, then you're going to face uphill battles late in this season, as we've talked about, with the, the schedule kind of on that uphill climb, playing a little bit tougher competition late in this season with teams like Indiana and Michigan, obviously, to finish the season out. Yeah, that that's that's a big part right here because you've got this weekend and next weekend before the, the 20 regional possibilities are announced mm-hmm. and then they'll go the they'll announce the 16 from there so at least you want to be in that that spot where you're you're you in want the to hunt. be in first place at I, I think if you get in first place if you're still there you might lock it up with that mm-hmm. distinction on you like if you're leading the conference ahead of Michigan who made the last college world series finals that were played that might be enough to clinch that that regional host spot, right? So, so you're going to be there. You want to be in the conversation when when the possible hosts get announced, and then you're going to have your last few weeks, which include Indiana and in that home series with Michigan. And you're going down that stretch. It doesn't get easier. So you need to take care of business right now. Now, I will say this on Rutgers: they did just beat Michigan in the series. That's true. Rutgers is playing some pretty good baseball right now. 
They're 15 and 13 yeah, overall, but they're just coming off last weekend. Yeah, they're just over 500, but they're playing good baseball right now, and they're going back to back weekends against the top two teams in the league. The Scarlet Knights are playing pretty good, but if you're Nebraska, you got to be able to put away pretty good mm-hmm. and show yourself that you're at the top at the top of the Big Ten Conference because you don't want because if the wheels fall apart over the next two weekends and then you're outside of that 20 the, those 20 announced sites did you lose a lot of momentum and now you've got to go play three weekends to end May and how good are you feeling getting to the end of the season knowing that you don't have a regional that you'll be coming home to how how does that play with the mentality of a ball club yeah and look, you got in uh, Ohio State too. Ohio State's upper half. We play two. Uh, they play two more with them in that that trip out to um, Indiana, mm-hmm. the second to last weekend of the year. So there's still two games against Indiana, uh, four against Indiana. Sorry, two against Ohio State, four more against Rutgers, and then a series with Northwestern and a series with Michigan. Both of those at home. Mm-hmm. That's what you got left if you're Nebraska. Um, and and look. The, the fact that they've done what they've done on the field is is a big part of why they've got a shot to host a regional. But the facilities, the fact that the NCAA selection committee is probably saying, hey, look at that. Nebraska got 5,000 fans in Lincoln yesterday? Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. Look at that. I mean, they're going to be fired up to get that kind of a crowd at a regional site. Right. Uh, and obviously, Nebraska is going to be able to deliver that. So just got to keep just got to keep your, your standings, I think, in first place. That margin for error is very small. And I think, yeah, you're right. Weekend weekend series, keep that streak alive, and and I think you'll be able to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, so today that game is a four o'clock first pitch. Chance Roche on the mound, three thirty uh, pregame right here on KLIN tomorrow. Uh, it'll be Shea Shanneman first pitch at noon with eleven thirty pregame. All right, back to football. It's not a real game. We talking about practice, but let's get a let's get a score prediction. Let's get back into the feel of things. All right, Oof. and give me your MVP pick. All right, I'm going to go with red 38, white 28. 38, wow. I'm going to say 38. High on the offense. I'm going to say, give me, yeah, give me all that offense. Uh, and I'm especially thinking because the second half will get weird. Sure. Um, I'm going to say your, uh, your, your MVP for the game, Smore Toure. Toure, oh, okay. Toure. I was going back and forth between him and Manning, but I think Toure is going to play so good out of that slot position the way it's supposed to be. And just watching the way the practices have gone, I think Toure is going to have a big one. I like Will Nixon as my under-the-radar guy for for MVP. Uh, and I'm going to go a little low scoring. These games always go faster than you think. I'm going to say 28-16. Red. Okay. that's That's what we got. All right, enjoy the game. It is a game day. I don't care if it's a practice. You can call it game day. It is Lincoln, Nebraska, and we've got football with fans in the stands. Get excited for that. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for joining. Go get your shot, and go Big Red.